Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. And here we are with a special Valentine's Day edition of the Marvel Sucks versus No, It Does He Awards. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, Jordan. Happy Valentine's Day to you and to all of our superheroes. <laughs> uh, if this doesn't get posted today, which I probably it might not, probably well, Jordan, you're, that's completely up to you. What are the odds it gets posted today on Valentine's Day? Twenty four percent. Okay. Well, he's a numbers man. It's always been his deal. Just know uh, that if you are listening to this on Valentine's Day, that I overcame the odds. <laughs> it was an uphill battle. And if you're not, you're listening to it uh, another day, or you're waiting until next year to listen to this year's No It Doesies and on Valentine's Day. Uh, and maybe you want to do that anyway, so if you're listening to this and it's not Valentine's Day, maybe just turn it off and wait until next Valentine's Day to listen yeah. to this one. There's a lot of kinds result. of love that we can celebrate. Sure. On Valentine's Day, and Our love it doesn't of just Marvel. have to be romantic. Yeah, exactly. It can be a love for a for a man in a metal suit, or or uh, an ant sized man, or a building sized man who's still called Ant Man. <laughs> I'm curious because this is Quantum Mania. For those uh, who are listening to this um, a month or so from now, we are. It's Valentine's Day. Quantum Mania comes out on Friday. I am watching it tonight. I'm very excited. Jordan woke me up bright and early, but I couldn't sleep anyway because I was too excited. Um, and we are recording this podcast. When are you watching it, Jordan? I don't know. Like, it can general audiences, do they normally do like that pre-release. So it's really you can it do the Friday, Thursday. but it's actually Thursday. Thursday at like 7 o'clock. Yeah, so I might see it then. I don't know. We'll, okay. Maybe. Well... We should have a Quantumania episode coming out to you within the next week or so. Um, but I was just thinking, this is, it's weird because Super Bowl's on Valentine's Day weekend, so they didn't want to put it then, but I think it would have come out at that time. Um, Mo- Multiverse of Madness had a weird, like, Mother's Day release weekend, or the weekend after it was released was Mother's Day or something. And they did, like, this weird marketing thing where Wanda's, like, a mother. And yeah. they have that line from the movie um, where Doctor Strange is like, you created your children with magic. They're not real. And she said, that's what every mother does. And they were like trying to push that <laughs> as like a huge Mother's Day. And weirdly enough, like on Mother's Day at the theater, I saw a ton of like families and moms and like the parent, the father was like treating the mother and their sons to Doctor Strange. And yeah. I was like, I wonder if she's into this. <laughs> like yeah. if all these mothers like this movie. Where the mother is the villain. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Oh, maybe some mothers don't see it that way, but that's a, that's a case for another time. We should have a, um, a series of uh, putting Marvel characters on trial to practice for your bar exam. Uh-huh. And I will be, I don't want to be the prosecutor. You should be, I'll be the defendant. As per, you know, the setup of this podcast. Sure. You should be the prosecutor. I'll be the um, judge and the jury. And the executioner. Uh Uh-oh. I don't like the sound of that. (laughs) That's all of the power. Um, So, yeah, we should do that. And we should put Wanda on trial. And, like, has she gone too far off the edge? Uh, Anyway. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's going to be that complicated. (laughs) She definitely went. Do you see what she did to whatever that fictional wizard school was? (laughs) Wizard school? The, the Illuminati headquarters? 
No, the one with the the Doctor Strange magic. Oh, Carmortage. Carmortage is basically yeah. Hogwarts. Uh, a little bit, yeah, I guess. Um, she did blow that months, up extraordinarily in a in a spectacular way. Um, so I'm curious if the marketing of this movie is going to tie into Valentine's Day because Ant Man and the Wasp are a couple, so I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll do something for today. Well, it's not out today, so I don't know what I'm saying. Valentine's Day will be over by the time that this comes out. Uh, but I'm seeing it today. So I would like a special promo from Marvel, uh, a Valentine's Day theme uh, commercial of some mm-hmm. kind before I watch this movie throughout the day. That's what Seems I want. Seems only experience. fair. Yeah. And they will find out about this uh, when this episode is released. Probably not today, statistically speaking. Wow, so we've waited all year for this. The Duzzies are finally here. As we say every year, I believe, the stars are out. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been quite a year for Marvel. Uh, Last, The first year we did this, we just had three movies to pick from, Mm -hmm. which is kind of wild to think about. And this year we have 30. There's a, seems like there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there's also three movies, but there's like four TV shows, mm-hmm. um, of which Jordan watched most. That's true. Um, <laughs> this might be a good segue to the Seinfeld AI that we were talking about the other day. Oh, yeah. Well, this is... So, did you hear the update about the Seinfeld AI? I have not. This okay, so it was banned. Update. Oh, really? <laughs> because... Larry Feinberg, the Jerry Seinfeld stand-in, made a transphobic joke. Oh, how? How did that uh, how did they let so, that happen? So they they switched one of the AI or one of the APIs for the AI, uh-huh. like the thing that they used to communicate with the AI okay. broke, so they had to switch to a different AI temporarily, and that's oh, no. the one where it slipped through. However, it wasn't like it almost reads as a parody. I'm trying to pull it up now. Um okay. because like it you know there there's so many old comedians now who yeah. it, as part of their stand up will be like, "Ugh, you can't say anything. Everybody's too PC. It's so hard yeah. to be an old yes. male comedian." Yes. Um, I have heard that joke several times. I've heard it uh in many unfunny ways and occasionally a rare like yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's not the uh, it's not a great joke. Well, let's see. I'm I'm bringing it up because it... yep, here we go. Um, so this is this is the stand up bit that he was doing while the weird procedurally generated uh. We should maybe explain plays. to the people who have no idea what this is. Maybe. Okay, it is a using basically Chat GPT. I'm not sure if that's actually what they use. I think they use a kind of older one. But using these AI uh, text generators that have been all the rage recently, they mm-hmm. input basically little skits for characters that are modeled off of parodies of the Seinfeld cast in kind of settings that look like, like, like as if there was a PS1 Seinfeld <laughs> video game. And then they have them like walk around randomly while mm-hmm. speaking these weird AI-generated lines, which are like strangely repetitive, but occasionally... That it all aligns to make some kind of funny bit. Okay. And I watched so, this for hours because it's just so hours. surreal. Well, really, I mean, I was never like, you know, 100% paying attention. It. But it's like good background noise. Like if you want to put something on, but you're, you 
don't you're worried about missing it. Sure. You're not worried about missing this. There's an endless amount of it. <laughs> um, okay. But anyway, so then Larry Feinberg takes the stage in one of the classic Seinfeld, you know, stand-up comedy bits where he's in front of like a red curtain. Yeah. Uh, and he says, there's like 50 people here and no one's laughing. Anyone have any suggestions? I'm thinking about doing a bit about how tr- being transgender is actually a mental illness or how all liberals are secretly gay and want to impose their will on everyone. Or something That's... about how transgender people are ruining the fabric of society. But no one is laughing, so I'm going to stop. Thanks for coming out tonight. See you next time. Where'd everybody go? <laughs> so the thing that I find funny about this, obviously the trans stuff is terrible. Yeah. But the fact that he's bombing in the bit, like the AI yeah. writes in that no one is that laughing and that yeah. everybody leaves. So that it's like is interesting. Even the AI text generator doesn't seem to be exactly <laughs> supporting what the comedian is saying. It's like yeah. doing a parody of a comedian bombing. Even, but anyway, they were they were banned for 14 days because of that. And you think they've gotten their footing back? Uh, I have. I mean, I think there's the band's still going on. Oh, okay. It'll be interesting when it comes back because actually, in a weird way, it's kind of nice that they were given this opportunity because before this, it was running for like a couple of weeks with almost no attention and then it yeah. blew up yep. got banned but now it kind of gives them an opportunity to reconfigure stuff because as long as it's running continuously they can't yeah. do any kind of updating but now they've gotten like some actual audience feedback and stuff that's true and a little right. bit of money so if they needed like more developers to help they could actually get it but anyway Specific nothing forever of audience <laughs> i watched uh, more of it than i watched of moon Knight. that is the reason we were tying this into the episode because uh jordan texted me the other day about this seinfeld ai i was like why are you putting this much time into this this seems like a silly thing to watch period um that's very much something in college that we would have just had on for on a loop like on oh, the yeah. tv and on Friday nights before we would go out, we would just watch two hours of the Seinfeld meme generator. Well, because part um, of what makes it so great is it's a good like is the Twitch chat, which isn't that funny, oh, but okay. like like it'll it'll make jokes based on what's happening. But I could have imagined if it was like us on a Friday yeah. night watching it, we would have yes. a, a lot of funny things to say about it. <laughs> yes. Rather than it being that funny itself. Wait, so there are people commenting on this as it happens? Yeah. Live? Have you never that watched sounds... any Twitch? Uh, no. Well, I didn't know it was Twitch. I have watched Twitch. Yeah. There, Rarely. It, there's like always... The way the chat works there is once you get to a stream of almost any like considerable size, like more than a couple thousand people watching it, the speed is so fast that you can't really read any individual messages. Yeah. But people will kind of spam similar sentiments or like similar okay. emojis or whatever. Can you filter what you want to hear? Not really, but like it's kind of, I don't know. It's like the aggregate effect of it is almost like an audience in a sitcom. Like mm. you hear the laughs, the ooze, that kind of thing, except for instead oh, okay. it's like text, you know, that feels is, like see, that. This is, I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. I like my Marvel movies that I have rewatched over and over again, and that is how I spend my time. <laughs> uh, and. I guess I also watch a lot of other movies because I work in a movie theater and I have access to tons of movies. Um, speaking of which, I guess we should segue to every year for the Duzzies, we have a category that is originally it was worst 
non-MCU <laughs> movies, and everyone found that insanely confusing. So this year I changed it to uh, best non-MCU movies, um, and then we can just determine what the worst is from the data. Yeah, there we uh, go. And the best. So historically we can only use movies that we have seen on, or we have discussed on the podcast mm-hmm. in great detail. Um, of which this year was Top Gun Maverick, which our Moon Knight episode is mostly a Top Gun Maverick episode <laughs> because Jordan did not watch Moon Knight. But I did watch Top Gun Maverick. You sure and did. that last Great hour movie. is real good. It sure is. Great movie. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, which we also talked about the, on the podcast. Lightyear, which we did not talk about on the podcast, but both of us had seen, so we will talk about that soon. For <laughs> to the extent there is anything to say about it, <laughs> yeah, there's really not a lot. Um, Glass Onion, I don't. Did we talk about that? I know we both have seen it. Yeah, I don't think we've discussed it. Yet. All right, let's discuss that, and then Babylon, which is the one that Jordan told me he saw. I, I'm following up yes. now. Did you you watched Babylon? I did watch Babylon. I also watched Barbarian, if we want to Oh, that should have been on the survey. I love Barbarian. Well it was a it was a late watch on my end, but we can discuss okay. it here and okay. maybe we can imagine where it would have landed on the list. <laughs> great, great. I love that. Okay. Uh so Oh and I watched we... the Batman. Oh what, you should have opened with that. Well, I don't think you're going to like my opinions on it that much. Oh, boy. We're going to have an old school fight out. All right. Let's let's start with that. Just because this is... All right. I My relationship with the Batman, because mm-hmm. I watched it uh, two days before it came out, as per special managerial privileges. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I watched it in theaters. I watched a three-hour movie four times total. That is half a day of the Batman, mm-hmm. which is quite a lot of time. Uh, and then I come on the podcast. I tell my good buddy Jordan to watch it. Several times he starts watching it and is like, this is three hours. I don't know if I want to commit. So first I want to find out why did you finally pull the trigger on this movie that everyone is talking about? Well, it was on the list of ones you suggested. I didn't commit oh, okay. to watching it because I was like, I could bail on this again. But I was like, ah, I'll see. Um Okay. I do think I would have really benefited from it being a theater experience rather than it watching it in my house. Better theater movie. Uh, I imagine your TV is not as good as a theater screen. No, you would be appalled at my TV. <laughs> it is small. Yeah, I, I'm uh, like Michael Scott in the dinner party. You watch the Batman on the dinner party TV? Not literally. My TV's <laughs> probably got twice the diagonal that that does, but it's still oh, pretty small. God. It's like yeah. Maybe not probably less than 40 inches. That's too small to watch the Batman on. Yeah. And also the sound design is so good for that. I actually have pretty good speakers. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Yeah. At least there's that. Um, All right. So you watched this movie on a TV that it was not intended to be watched on. And what is your, you watched the whole thing in one sitting or how did, how did you go about this? I think I might've, I watched it in one day, but probably in two parts. Okay. Well, it is, it's a three hour movie. So yeah. Um, what, what's, what's your takeaway then? There was a lot to like about it. Okay. But I I like that. That's a good review. (laughs) You should just end there. But at the same time, I was just like, it's really hard not to just be thinking about the dark Knight series while watching it. Um, and not, not even that it was better or worse than it, just that I felt like 
that was already moving Batman in a grittier direction. And this feels like it moves it even more in that direction. And I'm sure. not sure that's where I, the direction I want Batman to go. I definitely want Batman. And I don't want Adam West Batman. See, that's what I want. I want okay. silly Batman. Yeah. No, I've, I'll watch Thor Ragnarok if I want a silly superhero. I Batman is super serious all the time. Um, so overall, well, I mean, it's also, you, do you like the movie seven? This is basically just a ripoff of seven with Batman in it. I did like that movie when I watched it, but it's also not one of those that would be, I would never put that on any sort of top anything list. That Except was for maybe actually, of the year that it came out. That was one of the first movies we discussed. I owned it. I loved it when we met and I let you borrow it in college. And you were less, or I guess you were kind of into it. I remember basically a similar review to this now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good, but I don't, it's just not my, uh, doesn't hit my taste. Um, What about Something in the Way by Nirvana? It rekindled my love of that song. Yeah, I did think some of the soundtrack choices were good. Um, There's some some other song, too, that I remember remember but yeah no definitely something in the way is the theme song of that movie pattinson was really really good i loved his performance um the whole movie basically takes place at night which i really like Uh, yeah a lot of rain a lot of yellows yeah i i don't know i loved it i thought it was very good originally i gave it four and a half stars and then after I watched it the fourth time in theaters, I'm like, I should give this a five. It seems disrespectful that I have not given this a five. Yeah, um, to me, like, I, I, I don't really have all that much to like criticize about it. It's just like a taste thing. The things that okay. it does really well are just not things that I look for in a I movie see. that... Now, Babylon. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, uh... Okay, do you want to... Yes, let's yes. shift to Babylon. Unless you want to talk about Lightyear and Glass Onion first, because I feel like we'll have less to say about those movies. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Because Lightyear, yeah. uh, I have almost nothing to say about <laughs> it's, it. What, it's so weird that they made this movie, and you think it... Like, on paper, it's a really good idea for a Pixar movie, especially post-COVID. Did you watch Turning Red? No. Okay. Oh, yes, Turning, yes, yes, I did. Sorry, I just forgot. Okay, yeah, Turning Red didn't come out in theaters they were contemplating a theatrical release and then they put it straight on streaming and i think that is a great pixar movie Mm -hmm. especially for an original idea better than this much better uh and it's weird that they put that one on the streaming service and then they're like light year straight to theaters and performance wise even light year coming out in the summer i feel like turning red would have made more money coming out in march i would have this made like $214 million, something like that, which is really, really low for a Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, there just wasn't and, a lot to really grab onto about it. Like, no. Because if you like Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story, it's really completely unrelated to that. If, yes. if you liked maybe that, there used to be a Disney show that was just like Lightyear's yeah. Adventures. Start Lightyear Star Command. And that was a fun show. Obviously, you couldn't have done that for a whole movie, but like this is just a completely different new thing and yeah it's just kind of boring like again there there's definitely things to compliment here but the you can't say that it's like uh engaging <laughs> it's just like the good dinosaur with a toy story character yeah and it's weird that they 
put the green light. Disney's making some interesting choices because I feel like they're worried about their streaming service because it it's going to take a lot of time to become profitable. And after the Marvel uh, stuff, like all the internet backlash to Miss Marvel and She-Hulk, they're kind of like reevaluating their plans and they're thinking uh, Secret Invasion is still coming out. Like the that one, they're just workshopping some stuff. They're wondering if Agatha Coven of Chaos... Like, I think they're going to delay that and tweak it a bit just mm. because originally their business model was let's make infinity shows and some of them will be very good and it will basically attract a whole bunch of different people will like each show, um, which I love that idea. The internet really fucking hates that idea, uh, as I have come to find out. Yeah, well, people just needed to learn that they're allowed to skip a show. It's because like everyone had gotten so used to seeing every Marvel thing that came out. They felt yeah. like no matter what demographic it was targeted at, they had to consume it. But yeah. You don't. I didn't watch <laughs> Moon Knight. I'll still I'm going to get by. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to be so lost when Moon Knight comes out, comes around <laughs> and hangs out with the Avengers, and I am not going to tell you anything. <laughs> you're going to be like, "How did he do this?" I'm like, "Yeah, you should have watched the show instead of the Seinfeld AI." Uh, so Lightyear, bad, um, I, yeah, it, not very, it just sucked. It just sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, it felt like that, if it was shorter, maybe it would have been better. Like there was a kind of an interesting short story premise in there or something, but the characters just weren't that engaging. And it's so weird. We had for the summer, we had this horrible guy who would like come into the lobby and he had like no neck and he was just like seemingly super conservative i he had to be like i have no idea what his agenda was but he would just come in he's like you know what movie i like that top gun maverick that movie was great because it's an american movie and there's no woke stuff in it or all that he would just talk to the manager on duty like which was me half the time and i was like i don't want to but i'm just like smiling and grinning he's like you like that Lightyear movie and i was like Nah, I didn't really like it. He's like, yeah, that's right, because there's that lesbian couple in it. I was like, no, I don't. That's not why. I'm not on the same team as you. It's like, oh, but you like Top Gun Maverick, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so annoying. So now I'm lumped in because this movie. That, that's the problem, though. Lightyear is just a bad movie, yeah. not because it has a homosexual couple in it. No, um, yeah, that was a uh, neither a pro nor a con to a mo- this movie. It was <laughs> neutral, which is, I mean, I guess the a good thing about it is that that yeah. in general should no longer be a thing that blips on anyone's radar at all. Like yes. it didn't even really occur to me while watching it I, no. I, until I saw like, you know, I kind of Googled it after I watched it. Like, did anyone like this movie? And I saw yeah. that people were complaining about that. And it's like, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's a strange complaint, but apparent, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but the internet said parents were uncomfortable taking their children because there was a gay couple which strange world the new pixar movie that came out in november that bombed also had a homosexual character in it i believe Hmm. Um, that one looked kind of interesting but again it's like i i don't know why i would ever plan a trip to the movie theater to see it yeah i i had no idea what it was about we had it for maybe a week like two weeks like it was the shortest run of a pixar movie i've scene and now it seems like there's a lot of internet trolls who are just like see don't put these characters into movies and they were like that's not why they're bad yeah 
Uh, they're the bad because they're uninspired and like they like Pixar has a formula that is yeah. it's pretty good at creating stories, but sometimes they put stuff into that formula almost seemingly without any sort of um passion. Yes. And then you get these this like Lightyear or the Good Dinosaur or maybe and who knows about Strange World, but the Good Dinosaur sucked. Yeah. That might be Cars it's like 2 it still is hits the all worst the beats, Pixar movie. Just not well. But yeah. Pixar usually so any they they announced Toy Story 5. Have you heard about all this? Yeah. I mean, I never watched Toy Story 4, so 4 is really good. And the whole time I was going and dragging my feet because I'm like 3 is the ending, like don't ruin it. It's such a perfect yeah. ending to a trilogy. Uh, and 4 was actually pretty good. I probably like 4 more than 1 and 2, honestly. Wow. Um yeah, it's it's just a really solid it's like, because the premise of three is Andy's grown up and they have to figure out, like, life without, or they're like, they want to go back to Andy and then they they accept that it's time to move on because Andy has grown up. And we watched that at the time we were going to college, which was very mm-hmm. sentimental. Um, and Toy Story 4 is like the toys on their own figuring out how to live. Uh, like, is their life worthwhile without Andy, kind of. Which is kind of nihilistic. Like, it's a weird... It made a billion dollars. Like, it's, it, I liked it. I think it's a good movie. Certainly better than Strange World. But, uh, well, not I haven't seen Strange World. Certainly better than Lightyear. Um, but it's kind of weird how they're, like, these movies bomb and these Marvel shows are getting scrutinized on the internet and... Disney's like, all right, Toy Story five, Frozen three, mm-hmm. uh, all that they're going back to the well. And Marvel, I feel like, has established themselves as a unique brand where Feige will have enough creative control to. He's like, I made Endgame, let me do whatever. Yeah, let and him cook. I, yeah, I think, and that's the other the other frustrating thing, which I think I've brought up on this podcast before, is people are like. This movie, like, I, I, I don't really care about Chung-Chi or um, Multiverse of Madness. Like, it feels like the MCU is kind of dead now. And the frustrating thing is this is Phase 4, which is basically Phase 1 all over again. And no one was watching Thor 1 or Captain America First Avengers in theaters except me. I was the only guy doing that. And then everyone saw Infinity War and they're like, we got to binge all these before Endgame. And they did. Yeah, I, I think they'll be back. I think Disney shouldn't... If they if they're smart, they won't panic now. They'll just keep doing what they're doing, and then the and course. then trust it. Yeah, yeah. I I think again, I'm, we're about to see Johnny Majors Kang the Conqueror tonight. Very excited. What do you think um, about uh, Glass Onion? Okay, Glass Onion. Uh, I liked it. I like Knives Out. Um, it's weird, especially I don't know. Just talking with my employees. There's this, we can't talk about Star Wars in the theater because Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of passionate movie fans. And Ryan Johnson is at the center of, quote unquote, ruining the Star Wars universe, even though I think he made the best Star Wars movie since the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, However, if you tell that to other movie nerds who are college students or whatever, they will not think that. They will defend Phantom Menace before they defend Last Jedi. Um. But I mean, so, the, but it's the if if nine had been a, like a like a similar quality to seven, 
I think you could make that argument just because then eight would be the odd one out. I'd still think it'd be the best movie, but it would have been like a weird diversion in the middle of what was otherwise coherent. But nine was a complete nightmare clusterfuck as we've discussed. So like, it's really hard to make the argument that eight is the one that ruined it when once the guy who they thought they trusted got his hands back on it, he also still destroyed it even worse. I have, and again, this is why we like I, we can't bring it up at my work because I have people who will defend nine over eight, which blows my mind. Yeah, it it's just an incoherent argument. Like you just can't. You it, anyway. But Glass Onion, <laughs> Glass Onion, all these people who hate Last Jedi love Glass Onion. And I'm just fascinated. And I guess I like Ryan Johnson a lot. I love Looper. Mm-hmm. I love Last Jedi. Uh, so yeah, Glass Onion is just fine. Like it's it's a good mystery. It's above average. Um, I got to see it at the Virginia Film Festival like months before it came out, which was really cool. Um, so that was fun. That was a good experience. Uh, and then I watched it again with my parents on Christmas. And the second time, I'm like, ah, eh, this is less good than the first time. Yeah, I, I the way I feel about these movies is I hope they keep making them like every however many years for a good long time because I think they're a lot of fun, but yeah. I also don't ever feel really the need to revisit them that much. But like yeah. I enjoy them every time I watch them. So keep giving me a new one every once in a while. Yeah, it's almost exactly. like an anthology kind of thing. Uh, yes. It's very fun. It's not... I don't think either of them would be in my top three Ryan Johnson movies, but well, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, I love that they ended it with the Beatles, Glass Onion. Yeah, that was really cool. That ruled. Yeah, but it there's, I I don't like you. Not not every movie needs to be this groundbreaking, change the world thing. Sometimes a fun mystery movie for two hours is just yeah all you need. Though this was a little longer than that, wasn't it? It was like it's like two and a half. It yeah. felt long. Every movie's All too movies. long right now. Get it. And, and Babylon, which we're about to talk about. Uh, Babylon is the exception to the rule. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also... I, I will circle back to I work at a theater. Yeah. Uh, but we had Babylon and Avatar 2 come out in the same week. So these are two three-plus-hour movies that totally just ruins whatever potential schedule you're going to have when you're scheduling movies mm-hmm. because it eats up so much of the block of mm-hmm. in the time of day that you have to show movies. Um, Avatar 2, have we even talked? We did talk about Avatar 2 with Alex. Um, yes. And I assume you have not seen it. Well, we watched, we talked about it coming up because he was going to see it that night, right? So, but you I had, had seen already it. seen yeah. it. I had seen it. I've talked to Alex since. He loved it. As to be expected. Okay. Um, but you have not watched it. No. Okay. Yeah. It's I'm having trouble to committing to three-hour movies, and I watched the Batman and Babylon. Babylon is my favorite three-hour movie that I've watched this year for sure, though. Maybe of all time. Uh, I think I like Cloud Atlas better. But, Ew. But <laughs> I like them, I think, for similar reasons. So. Okay. The, so... Should we start with our our history with Damien Chazelle? Uh, I don't know what else I've seen with him, directed by him. Whiplash. He did Whiplash. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. And I watched Whiplash in college. I loved it. You 
did not. No. I guess I watched it without you. Well, but you watched it after. Yes, and loved you, it. I, but I didn't watch it you, in Yes. Yeah. You came to visit me. I had to work, and I left you a Blu-ray, and I'm like, watch this while I'm gone. And you did, and you called me mid-shift, and you're like, I fucking loved that. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of the opposite of Babylon. And yes, that, that was it like he, it was really a is. short story or like a story he wanted to tell. It's it's and very it's so tight. tight. Yeah, so tight. Movie about percussion and timing. Yeah, it's very tight. Then he makes La La Land, which I think both of us enjoyed. I didn't watch that one. What? Yeah. Okay. I really liked it. You should watch. I it. probably would. It's very yeah. good. Very very good. Um, Babylon is like if both of those movies. Well, it's more like La La Land meets Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a manic energy to it the entire time it kind of does feel a little like whiplash because it doesn't really slow down and it segues from scene to scene so well and i took my two friends to see it because i was so obsessed with it when i watched it i watched this movie twice in theaters that's six hours i've spent on babylon and it was like a week apart from each other because i loved it so much what was like the composition of the audience when you watched it either time see this is my frustration with uh, the three-hour movie, a whole bunch. Nobody came to see Babylon. Mm. We had it for because Avatar came out, and they're like, "Oh, if we're seeing a three-hour movie, we're watching the Blue People movie." Uh, and to me, I think that is devastating because Babylon is a masterpiece, uh, and it's really, really good, and basically a portrayal of what Hollywood has become. And Avatar is the blatant uh, example of that. Mm. Uh, what Hollywood has become. Uh, yeah. So James Cameron really boned this movie by. I don't. Also, the studio probably did. Like, I I bet it had COVID delays and stuff. But this was not a good time to release your movie. I do think it's going to have a huge cult following because nobody was able to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I saw it, it was two other people. It was a couple like around my age. So in my showing, it was like maybe ten people, but me and Ellie were the youngest by far. Like the next youngest wow. was like in their mid forties, and then there was like these two women who were probably in their early sixties. Okay, um, a couple other people in that kind of age, age range, but it was very fun watching this movie and seeing their reactions because it's just <laughs> like I felt like they were there because they're like, oh, it's like old Hollywood or something, yeah. and then immediately opens with the elephant, <laughs> Ellen, elephant all shit, over, and they're just like. <laughs> Like I could, I could see almost in their body language, they're like, "Should we leave now?" <laughs> <laughs> and it only gets wilder from there. Yes, and that's so. This movie, what I find kind of great about it is, and what I liked about Cloud Atlas, is I like a movie that's almost recklessly ambitious. Like even yeah. even if it doesn't totally stick the landing, I almost find that more endearing. And sure. like everything everywhere all at once kind of has this feeling, except for it almost works so well that it loses some of that charm. <laughs> like I feel like yeah. being chaotic and missing a little bit makes it even more endearing, whereas everything everywhere all, all at once, while it's chaotic and throwing everything at the wall, so much sticks that it's almost like it feels too controlled. I, I don't think that was their intention, though. No. Because everyone was calling it, like, this is the best movie since Pulp Fiction or whatever. And they're like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, why do you, like, it's clearly not. Uh, they were very humble about it. I'm very curious to see. I'm happy that got a whole bunch of nominations. Yes. I'm no, I still love it. Does but it's just. Yeah. It, yeah, I agree with where you're coming from. 
Babylon does feel like more of a... Uh, it just feels more raw because of all the, the, the filth in it. Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt's arc... Um, when I went with my buddies the second time, uh, my friend Kyle, friend of the show Kyle Johnson... Um, and our buddy John and John does not sit through movies without like talking or whatever. And he's short attention span. Um, however, this he loved mm-hmm. and he does love Brad Pitt. So this was a good sell for him, but both of them loved it. Um, Kyle had a weird arc where he barely watched any movies this year. And then like the last week of December, he comes to the theater and I get him into the menu, the whale and Babylon mm. nearly with like within a week of each other. And he says the menu was his favorite movie of the year. Then he said the whale was my favorite movie of the year. And then he's like Babylon favorite movie (laughs) of the year, Um, which was a pretty, that's a pretty good order to watch those in. That's how I would rank those three. If you haven't seen the other two, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, Would recommend for sure. Um, So Babylon. Yeah. It's just, it rules. I loved it. It's definitely in my top five of last year. I'm upset it didn't get a lot of theatrical attention because of the blue people um, and not really any Academy attention, which is weird because they love Hollywood. But I guess this does kind of make fun of it in a bit. Yeah. Well, and we don't have to talk about many specific sequences. I think there's so many individual sequences that would have been just like great short films even. Like that's yeah. like specifically oh, the one where they're in the studio. Sound has just yes. been invented. That is such yes. a tight. Like that's a lot like Whiplash. Like it's just so packed yes. together and it ends so strong. Like everything about that sequence yep. was amazing. Um, yeah. And then the other sequence that I think we have to mention is the Tobey Maguire sequence, which which is wild. Is so good. Like and, and it's the so surreal. His, into his hell. acting, his face. Just the walking, and, like, oh, they just, Hollywood's boring now. This is, like, the one yeah. good place. Like, just the way he's so casual <laughs> going in, it's, it's just, like, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. And I knew he was in the movie, and, like, two and a half hours into this movie, he has not shown up. I'm like, where is he? Yeah. And it's, like, almost, it's the second to last scene, pretty much, that he's in. And he just escorts the character's into hell essentially like lower and lower underground and you keep thinking like is he actually taking them to hell yeah like and then he giddily like he's so giddy when he watches what they find at the bottom of hell (laughs) yeah i don't know if we want to spoil it or not but just like his his glee (laughs) people really need to watch this movie like it's so good and then the the it just rules that final editing montage i felt like was tiptoeing the line a little bit for me between being like i love this and also this is a little film schooly no i loved it (laughs) as soon as i saw although the piss me the blue people like at the it's just you know it shows all the the pop Mm -hmm. films or whatever and yeah, I, I like it a lot, and I like him crying at the end, and I like how the score swells. What I didn't really understand is it, like, cuts between, like, the weird food or coloring. Like, the the color will drop into the water, and it'll, like, shift. Mm-hmm. Was that film being processed? Like, you know how you put it in a... That's more picture film, right? Yeah, I don't know. That was a weird... Because you're watching a montage, a clip show of, like, huge Hollywood movies, and then it spliced in with droplets of... Yeah, like well, and sometimes just big blank color 
blocks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it, I, I don't know. That movie ruled. Uh, I did not like Avatar 2. As soon as we recorded our Christmas episode, friend of the show, Patrick Fitzsimmons, ripped me a new one via text about how I did not like Avatar. Um, he sent very, in all caps, several messages like, this is why it's good. Uh, yeah, I don't like the blue people. Sorry, Patrick. And then he just watched this and he did not like this, which is weird because he got me into whiplash. Yeah. Well, I, I could see there's a lot of points in this movie where I could see people falling off. And I do think... I, I was in it the whole time. See, I I thought at the beginning, it took me a while to really settle into the movie because it's just so chaotic. Like, like I, I'm interested because enough crazy things are happening in front of me. Yeah. But I don't know why I should care about the characters yet. And I don't know if I cared about the characters until maybe 40 minutes in. Or something, which is a long time to go before getting any sort of emotional involvement. Well, the whole first 45 minutes is just a party, like at a speak. Well, not like not at someone's house, but it's like it's Prohibition era. So everyone is doing all of the inappropriate things all at once. Yeah. Um, which, again, like a spectacle. Cool. It's it's interesting to watch. It's But it's not like I don't care what anyone's like the emotional whatever the hooks yet yeah. aren't in you i reluctantly went into it because it's three hours and i just sat through avatar and i felt like i wasted three hours uh and the first 45 minutes is just one party and i'm like really do we really need that whole scene like because mm-hmm. this movie probably plays without the party sequence um but it does really get your foot in the door of that world and yeah yeah I it I think it, it having watched it again I think it makes it better but at the time well, I'm like 45 minutes added to this movie. Yeah, so the the part about editing here is so interesting cuz I almost want to care about the characters before the party sequence starts, but you can't yeah. add. There's no way to add here. Like I almost want to cuz no. and I think that's maybe the point of the elephant scene is to like set you up for the craziness and maybe to start liking that character, but I didn't really feel that. <clears throat> I like Maybe not character specifically, but I immediately picked up on, like, Margot Robbie is, like, Hollywood incarnate. Like, that dream of this, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a, the party's a good place to introduce her. I yeah, just want to introduce... Sure. I want to care about him, and I, if the elephant sequence was supposed to make me do that, it just didn't. Uh, yeah, no, I was... I just like watching him pine over her. Yeah. And kind of, like, as a metaphor, he wants to get into Hollywood... And he meets this girl who is basically Hollywood incarnate. So there's the parallel of like his love with her and his love with Hollywood going mm-hmm. on simultaneously. And I think they did a good job of adjusting his like kind of costuming and demeanor. Like once he's in yeah. Hollywood, his hair gets all slicked back, and then, yes. then he has to make those tough decisions, like the like the the thing with the face darkening for that one character, which yeah. was like gut wrenching, and it's kind of like Hollywood. Like he's kind of losing his handle on it, and then she goes way off the wall. He like yeah. Hollywood's too much for him, and like yep. all, all that is overdoses on Hollywood. It, all that's good, uh, but it also is like sometimes like that sequence is like heavier, and it's um I don't know. Sometimes juxtaposed with the chaos around it. It feels like do we did we earn this moment of contemplation in the chaos of the rest of this? Like it feels almost like the rest of the movie is so kind of tasteless in a stylized way that it feels weird to have like a somber, serious moment. 
in the middle. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was into the whole thing. Uh, never really a dull moment. The three hours flew by. Yeah. Well, and I like that this movie there's enough going on to have conversations about it. like like i kind of like an imperfect movie because there's it's more interesting uh i yeah and i don't think any part of it like i i wouldn't change a thing yeah five stars like i loved it yeah i didn't love all of it but i still probably wouldn't change a thing about it yeah it's it's really really good um one of my let's see i think i had i kind of feel like I need to give Multiverse of Madness five stars because I watched that four times in theaters and I keep talking about how much I love it, but it's still like weirdly at a four and a half, which the same Doctor Strange one is at. Like, I don't know. There's reasons to boost it. I just haven't yet. But right now I don't have a Marvel movie in my top five of last year because I think I have like four or five star movies without um, any Marvel content, in it, which feels dirty. Well, it feels wrong. We have one last movie to talk about real quick. Uh, which is that? Barbarian. Oh, yes. You watched Barbarian. Um, very, very good. The first half of that movie is so just like the the feeling of dread is excellent. And the slow reveals of everything yeah. is just... And like, Justin it, Long, what a performance. Well, but, even, but before you get to him... Uh, what's his name? Yeah. The the guy who was Pennywise? Skarsgård. Yes. Skarsgård. He, he's playing that line. Like, I feel like, I felt early on that they're subverting expectations and he's not actually going to be a bad guy. But even the yeah. movie seemed to know that I was going to be feeling that and kept giving you stuff <laughs> to, like, bend you back and forth. Like, when, when yeah. you know, they find some stuff and then he goes down there and then yeah. you're like, wait, is it? Or is he? Yeah. And then, and then. You it cuts to that Justin Long segment, and that is such a good way yeah. to kind of uh, yada yada Justin Long's character back through all the reveals that we've already had. Like it's like now we're yes. going through those again, except for now it's funny yeah. until it's yeah. scary again. <laughs> but it's like we gotta we gotta retread some stuff, so we're gonna give you some goofs while we do it. That is the best like original horror movie I've seen in. A long time, mm-hmm. and you know it was directed very, by very one of the guys from Whitest Kids You Know, the skit show. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Like uh, my my boss told me, um, which is pretty pretty cool. My boss actually was friends with who was the Whitest Kids You Know guy that died. Um, Trevor, Trevor, yeah, Trevor Moore, Moore, yes, yeah. I, my boss knew him growing up and is still friends with his sister and uh fun story he got my his sister my boss got trevor moore's sister to buy my book so <laughs> i am uh three 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 uh three degrees of um whitest kids you know yeah you have it. no and that's I was like i was impressed I, with his directing yeah and it was a shame because they were always so for a while on youtube they were doing this series where the main cast of the whitest kids you know um, we're going back and looking at their early skits, and you could tell that mm-hmm. this guy, I'm his name is escaping me right now, and Trevor Moore yeah. were definitely like the kind yeah. of creative center of Whitest Kids You Know. Trevor Moore probably mm-hmm. played a more starring role in the actual uh, skits as like a performer, but I feel like this guy yeah. was the one who is it's kind of the Jordan Peele to the Michael Key. Yes. Michael Key was Trevor for Moore. sure. So 
Um, Zach Krager is yes, the name. Zach Krager, and he also had some great bits. Like uh, one of his most famous was uh, he's playing Abraham Lincoln in a play, and he just being is really being loud and obnoxious, and it's the one like <laughs> oh, right before he gets shot. Yeah, yeah, I think you showed me that one. Yeah. That or it's a Family Guy sketch. <laughs> but anyway, yes, um, I was very impressed by Barbarian. Um, what made what made you watch it? So I, I watched – it was after I'd watched Babylon. So I was in like a, oh, yeah, this is why I like movies. Um, yeah. And I was, we were, I was watching – or I was looking at a discussion of the Tobey Maguire sequence. And someone yeah. mentioned this movie at the, like the first half of this movie as like a comparable yeah. sense of like dread and just like the like, – yeah. like, like I mean part of it is just the like the literal the descent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's – they both do a good job. I never made that connection, but that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we dive into the Duzzies? Yeah, it's our, time for our descent. <laughs> um, has well, have you seen the new DC slate? We should probably talk about that real quick. Uh, no. James Gunn. Well, did you watch the Flash trailer during the Super Bowl? It played in front of Michael my Keaton's eyes, ba- but it did not do much to <laughs> implant itself behind my eyes and my brain. <laughs> Nothing from Michael Keaton Batman showing up? I did be like, oh, look, that's Michael Keaton. I heard he was going to be in this. <laughs> the Vulture himself? Yeah. Um, okay, so that, anyway, uh, James Gunn took over, and you have you seen his list of films that he's making? No, I've only heard that he's he was taking over. I didn't hear anything else. Okay. Uh, I'll just run these by by you real quick, and you will say yay or nay whether or not you would be interested in watching that. Um, DC Slate. And just so we're on the same page, James Gunn, James Gunn made the show Peacemaker, um, which you haven't seen? No, not yet. Did you watch The Suicide Squad? Yes. Which you liked? Yes. Yes. Uh, Pretty good. That was him. I like that a lot. Um, the first thing he's doing is Creature Commandos, which is, uh, I think that's a weird, like, World War II, a whole bunch of, like, it, kind of like Hellboy, they create monsters during World War II. Hmm. Um, so it's a whole bunch of ragtag of people fighting Nazis, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I'm just looking at the image. And yeah. the page I pulled up is uh, just telling me when it comes out and not giving me. I mean, that sounds kind of interesting. A... It's animated, too. So it's going to be hmm. a cartoon set in the universe. But I think it will be like a kind of like a Invincible type thing. Hmm. Um, then Superman Legacy, which is the thing I'm probably most excited for because it's a Superman movie. Uh, and we haven't really had a good one of those in a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be like a young Superman thing. Uh, with He wants it to be an origin, and that will be like the center of the universe moving forward. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a good Superman movie. Yeah. Like, it, just, it feels James, like it's in a long time. James Gunn is writing it. Um, and it's so. And he says he's going to get back to like. Superman stands for the American dream, like truth and justice, like that Superman. And then mm-hmm. Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder was like, what if Superman was edgy? Yeah. And wanted to murder people. Uh, yeah, Snyderverse. So James Gunn is writing this. I 
would be interested if he could direct something like this because he seems to direct ensembles more than just one individual character. Right. But but yeah, it would be interesting. Well, my um, dream for like all of these uh, is that they're around or below two hours, and I feel like that is a dream that just cannot be reality. No, I'm also wondering why. I mean, because this past year. So many movies were three hours, like two and a half hours was the minimum length of movie. And that could be because studios want people to feel like when they're going out to the movies, like it's an experience. Like, I think they're less likely to leave their house to watch a 90 minute movie when they can stream whatever that's 90 minutes long. Yeah, that's two hours is such a good length for a movie. Yeah, but I think post-COVID, they're trying to get people to go back out there, which Top Gun did very well. That's about two and a half. That's like 220, I think. Um, yeah, I think studios should shorten movies a bit, but we'll see if they do. Um, there's a Waller show, which I'm not that excited about, but that's the character from The Suicide Squad and all the other Snyder movies who is going to... Uh, I don't know, like connect all of them, I guess. Hmm. And it'll be kind of like an X-Files thing within the universe, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not very interested in. And then the Batman Part 2 will not be part of the universe, but it will be coming out and it'll be Elseworlds is what he's calling it. Um, and if you love the first one so much, maybe you will watch the second one. I mean, it will have the Joker in it. Uh, I don't know. No, I think it's going to be Mr. Freeze. Oh. I think, because they're doing Joker fully ado, Joker 2, mm. um, with Lady Gaga playing Harley Quinn. Have you heard about this? Mm. People really like Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to distance themselves from the Joker, rightfully so. Mm. Um, there's a show called The Authority, which will be kind of like The Boys, which you did not watch. No. Um, I'm just not a gritty superhero guy. Yeah. Uh, Which is it it's lucky for you that you did a Marvel show. Marvel's the least <laughs> gritty of the superhero franchise. I don't know if I would have been able to stomach a DC show after some of these movies. Yeah. <laughs> like in the past 10 years. Yeah, it would have been a tough ride. It DC would have been a very tough ride. No, it doesn't, but it kind of does. <laughs> uh, Booster Gold, I think you will be most excited for. Booster Gold? Um, Booster Gold is a character, he's like an intern at a museum a thousand years in the future, and he steals a whole bunch of superhero equipment in the museum and goes back in time to be a superhero, even though hmm. he is completely ordinary. Interesting. Um, he seems like a ragtag Jordan Peoples character yeah. that you would be into. It's at least a creative premise. Well, the character has existed for decades, but this is the first time we will see him on the screen. Right. Um, so they're doing the Batman, Joker 2, and then they're doing a third Batman film, and this will be the only one taking place in the universe, called The Brave and the Bold, which will focus on Batman's son, Damian Wayne, who was raised by um, Ra's al Ghul, Liam Neeson, and, or sorry, Talia al Ghul, his daughter. Wait, so uh, in the what... Will it be related to the Robert Pattinson Batman? No. Okay, okay. I think that's smart. Yeah. Um, so they'll cast a new Batman who probably won't be in the movie as much 
Um, but you will have this Batman raised by, or sorry, Robin, the the son of Batman. He's like a murderer, and Batman will be like, "Don't murder people," and he'll be like, "All right, we'll see." Yeah, um, agree to disagree. Lanterns, yes. <laughs> Uh, and then Lanterns is a Green Lantern TV show that they say they are trying to make like True Detective. Hmm. It's Hopefully season one. Two... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be two Green Lantern or two Lanterns who are basically space police on Earth. Hmm. Um, that could be good. Um, and then Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow which is a Supergirl woman, or sorry, a Supergirl movie, uh, that the premise is the Superman in this universe will be truth, justice, in the American way. He will be raised by loving parents, and he will love the world. And this girl will basically be stuck on Krypton as it's exploding, and she will come to Earth and be like, hey, Earth sucks. Uh, every Everything sucks. People suck. Uh, and they'll have that conflict, presumably. Mm. But that movie is not coming out until 2027 at the earliest. That's a long time. A very long time. All right, do we got to get to the Duzzies? Uh, yes, two oh, more projects. Man, DC. Uh, there's Paradise Lost, which is an HBO show taking place on the island where Wonder Woman lives before uh, Wonder Woman was born. Hmm. It's called Paradise Lost, and it's supposed to be Game of Thrones style. Hmm. That's a very Game Hollywood buzzword to throw out. Like everything feels like it's like, you know, this other property, this is going to be like that, yeah. but superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I could do it, take, give it or leave it, take it or leave it. Uh, and then a Swamp Thing horror movie. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. That's a pretty cool idea. Um, we'll watch. So uh, what do you think of this upcoming slate overall? I think there was three I was interested in. Okay. Three out of like ten. Yeah. That's not bad for DC. That's not really bad. not bad. That's improvement. That is that is definitely a step up. Um, I think that James Gunn is going to do a good job, even though the internet really hates him right now because the Snyder fans aren't getting their uh, shitty Snyder movie. Yeah, sequel. I mean the 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 internet should be the one reacting to things. I don't like it when the studio then reacts to the internet, you know, like, yes. like let them say whatever. And then, yeah. But like, if you have a plan, you know, stick yeah. to the plan, stick if, to the plan. If you make good things, they'll come around. And I think that the filmmakers, like everyone making the film are adamant about sticking to the plan. And the producers are like, Ooh, but the internet is saying this yeah. thing. And cause they don't, a lot of producers don't really have any skills uh, in making movies. They just have a lot of money, and they're just these things. They're they're investments. They're not art projects. Yeah. To them, uh, which is kind of backwards. But hey, it worked for Marvel, so I'm very happy. Well, and it's just weird because um, people seem to think that because a lot of people are saying a thing on the internet, that's indicative addictive indicative that a lot of people feel that, and I think people need to figure out that that's not the case. A lot of times there can be seemingly a lot of people talking about a thing, but those are literally the only people that care about that thing. Yes. Like if a hundred thousand people are having a conversation, that seems like a lot, but there's actually 300 million people in America. So a hundred thousand <laughs> is not that much. It's very tiny. Uh, 
I hope you would think that the the people would be smart enough to realize this. Yeah. Um. All right, shall we? Dozy time. So, for those of you who have not uh, been with us this year, well, first of all, thanks to everyone for voting. This is uh, this is the biggest voter turnout we've had yet on the third one. So, thank you for that. Um, and basically, we we submit categories um, and share them with the fans. Create a survey. Uh, and it's a lot like the Oscars. This was made when the Oscars said the Irishman deserved Best Picture and Endgame did not. And that made me very upset. Um, so I decided to create the Duzzies with my co-host Jordan Peebles mm-hmm. here. And we basically have an Oscar-like ceremony. The, the actors and movies win a complimentary Duzzy statue that have yet to be claimed the past two years. And the 10th anniversary uh, of the Duzzies will be done live in person in front of an audience. <laughs> yes. We're making that promise to you now, Marvel Sucks fans. Um, anyway, uh, I am just looking at these for the first time now, so my reaction will be as uh, basically as unique as Jordan's, except Jordan is going to try and guess. Um, I believe the first year he got them all right, and I believe the second year he did not. I believe that I got them all right every year and will get them all right again. And you, uh, Jordan, will be, if you want your trophy, uh, reach out to Jordan Peoples. Mm-hmm. He will leave both of his two addresses for you. He got a second house just to store the trophies. We have so many trophies. <laughs> yeah. um, so reach out to him and he will mail it to you. Um, all right. So shall we get started, Jordan? Let's do it. All right. We're going to start with... I, I did them in a weird order, so like Best Picture and Best TV Show are first, but I'm going to do them last. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with Best Actress in a Film. The nominees are Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, Letitia Wright as Shuri, and Angela Bassett as Ramonda. I think uh, uh, Letitia Wright should win this one. And I think if enough people okay. watched that movie that voted in our poll, it, mm-hmm. she did win. That's my prediction and my pick. You Did you know Angela Bassett was the first um, person in a Marvel movie to win an acting award? I did not know that. that. She, yeah. Um, it was huge. It was a big, uh, big day. And I just wanted to make sure you met Letitia Wright and not Angela Bassett because she got all this award attention recently. I No, I definitely mean Letitia Wright. Sure. Interesting. Um, I think I went with Elizabeth Olsen. She was also very I good. She was very, very good. Uh, I loved her in that movie. She's also just a great, just a great actress. Watching, I just rewatched Civil War uh, the other night. So, so good. And it's crazy to see her transformation as this young kid who's scared uh, to a very, very angry witch lady mm-hmm. who is very much not scared. Yeah. Um, great range. Uh, so is your vote, do you think the audience voted? Who do you think the audience voted for? No, that, that was my both my prediction and my oh. pick. Okay, all right, very good. Um, well, with an astonishing 51.6% of votes, we have Elizabeth Olsen as wow. Wanda Maximoff. I really at least thought it was going to be one Duzzy. of the Black Panther actresses. Um, 
Angela Bassett was in second place with 32.3% mm. of the votes. Uh, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster has even a s- too small a s- too small a percent to see. Uh, and then Shuri has 12.9%. I would have been shocked if if Jane Foster had gotten any votes, really. She did get a vote cuz she's showing up on this pie That's crazy. chart, but it's not it is not at least one vote. I don't know how many, but at least yeah. one because she's showing up on the chart. Um, all right. So you are 0 for 1. Hmm. Moving on to Best Actress in a TV Show. We have May Kalamawi. Kalamawi uh, God, I should really practice reading these before the Duzzies. This is embarrassing. Um, Layla El Fowloy from uh, Moon Knight. Uh, Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan in Miss Marvel. Mm. Tatiana Maslani as She-Hulk slash Jennifer Walters. Palm Clementife as Mantis. And Laura Donnelly as Elsa Bloodstone from uh, Werewolf by Night. I think this one's going to be She-Hulk. Because I just don't know if enough people watched Miss Marvel. But I think she would get my vote. And she would get your vote, and you think the audience? No, vote? I think the audience gets She Hulk. I'm doing Miss Marvel. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, the audience with a 41.9% lead voted for Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters. All right, 100% She-Hulk. so far, except for the ones I missed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kamala Khan got 9.7% of votes. Yeah, I just feel like that's one that a lot of people skipped. Yes, um, May Kalamwai uh, got 12.9%, who tied with Laura Donnelly as Elsa Bloodstone at 129 And then Mantis got 22.6% of votes for the Guardians Christmas special. Wow. And Jordan is nodding and giving me a resounding thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. And now he's holding up a chalkboard that says, well-deserved written on it. <laughs> a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why you have that. You have chalk. You have to buy chalk. Um moving on to best actor in a film. We have Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Tanak Huerta as Namor, and Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. I think this one's gonna be Christian Bale, and I'm pretty sure I also voted for Christian Bale. Okay. Uh, with an astonishing 54.8% votes, it is Christian Bale. Yeah. He was the best part Followed of that movie. Followed by... Uh, yes, I would agree. And it seems like he should have really been in a different movie. Yes. Uh, really wish they utilized him differently, but hey, that's in the past. We've done the thing. What can we you do? We watched it. It was fine. It was a fine movie. Stop complaining about people. It was fine. Calm down. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, 29%. Uh, Tanak Huerta, 9.7%. And Chris Hemsworth with 6.5%. Namor would have been my number two. Uh, well, you would have been wrong, because it's Benedict Cumberbatch. I know. By nearly, uh, quadruple the score. Um, best actor in a TV show. We have Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. Matt Lintz as Bruno, Tim Roth as Abomination, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, 
and Gail Garcia Bernal as Jack Russell. Now, how great would it be? What what kind? It would be such a great story for you to watch Incredible Hulk, hate it, hate Tim Roth Abomination, and then he comes back ten years later and wins a dozy. How great would that be? I'm trying to remember who I voted for in this category, and I really don't know. I might have voted for Tim Roth because he was a really good part of the show. Yeah, um, and a good part of the Incredible Hulk. You should give that one a rewatch. Yeah, I'll put I'll put my pick in my vote there, but I don't know. This is what I'm very okay. unconfident. With an astonishing 61.3% votes, it is Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. Yeah, I should have I should have assumed because everyone else liked that the show people, more than me. <laughs> everyone else, everyone in the world, in the world, yeah. everyone. It was unanimous. It was unanimous. Um, Tim Roth's Abomination was second place with 16.1%. Uh, followed by Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, 12.9%. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal with 6.5%. And Matt Lintz has too small a percent to see on the pie chart. Well, I'm still sitting at 100% except for the ones I got wrong. Yes, I think you're actually at like 50%, but who's counting? Well, not, if you, not if you exclude the ones I miss. <laughs> Best Villain, Wanda Maximoff, or Scarlet Witch, Gore the God Butcher, Namor, or Arthur Harrow, who is Ethan Hawke's character from Moon Knight. So I think I did Scarlet Witch, and I I hope that's what the audience did. Because even though uh, Christian Bale was very good, I do think to be the best villain, I don't know, she was just, I think she was scarier, even though he was very compelling whenever he was on screen. Yeah, she was also in a better movie, which helps her. Yes. Like, a a drastically better yeah. movie. Um, You know, hey, I still enjoy Love and Thunder more than Ant-Man and the Wasp, so. Uh, okay, the winner is, with 58.1% of the votes, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet hey, good Witch. job, audience. So she has won two Duzzies this wow. year. So she's yeah she's big the show. year for Elizabeth big year Olsen. for Wanda yeah good for her good for her um, so yeah she'll be by to pick up her two awards at some point to one of your two homes that's exciting um, best comic relief Drax the goats from Love and Thunder the internet trolls in She Hulk Zeus from Love and Thunder and Yusuf Khan who is Miss Marvel's father. Hmm. I really wanted to add, like, She-Hulk, the whole thing was a comedy, and I was like, what's the most isolated thing of this show that I can call comic relief? Yeah. Uh, and I really wanted to... I just thought it was so clever how they were able to put the mirror on the audience that they somehow knew we were going to be making fun of this show. Right. Uh, which is very funny, and then the people who hate it are just like, oh, that's not me, uh, but it totally is you, you mouth breather. Hmm, I don't know. Who's going to win this one? I can't even, yeah, I don't know who I voted for. None of these, I don't think, are particularly standout. Like, the goats definitely it is. Not. The goats were n- not funny to me. <laughs> uh <laughs> It was, I, I think I mentioned this on the Love and Thunder episode, there was one guy when I saw it the second time 
laughed out loud, like a hyena laugh every time the goats did anything. It, it tracks. He was like a forty year old. It tracks man. for me that the kind of person that has one of those loud, obnoxious laughs would find that <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what was that. the first one? Drax. Okay, gosh. The goats from Love and Thunder, the Internet Trolls and She-Hulk, Zeus from Love and Thunder, and Yusuf Khan. Uh, I'm picking Yusuf Khan, but I think the audience maybe picked Zeus? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, With a large 41.9% of votes, the winner is the goats from Love and Thunder. Oh my gosh, I've never been so disappointed (laughs) in our audience. (laughs) Guys, 41.9%. But that was Uh, nice how you made fun of them a bit beforehand. Uh, This is going to reflect poorly on my podcast host. uh, (laughs) Yeah, they're probably, you might not get the vote. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Second place with 19.4% votes is Yusuf Khan. Honestly, I was. This whole category was not results I was expecting, just looking at yeah, this. Yeah, and that's higher than I would have expected, um, even though that's my pick. And then Drax is 16.1%, Zeus is 12.9%, and Internet Trolls are 97 mm. Which, that also just, they intentionally wrote off the Internet Trolls. Just The Internet Trolls didn't vote for themselves, which is frustrating. <laughs> <sighs> but uh, yeah, so you were super wrong on that, so that counts as mm. two. Two wrong. Um... All right. Best surprise cameo. This was a stacked year for surprise cameos, let me tell you. Um, The original category had like 12 names in it, and I had to narrow it down to six. Um, And I wanted to, basically, I was like, all of them are in, the best ones are in Multiverse of Madness, but I figured I should give some uh, credit to the other movies and TV shows. Um, So we have Bruce Campbell as Pizza Papa, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, Julia Louise Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, Brett Goldstein as Hercules, and Professor X as Pat, uh, sorry, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Mm. I think Michael B. Jordan should win because that was the most consequential to the movie that it was in. Yeah. Like I don't know, like it had like emotional weight to it. The Multiverse of Madness stuff was more. Um, I don't know. It felt more fan servicey. It was also really good and important to the movie, but I think feel like Killmonger changed the whole arc. But I will say that I think Professor X is going to get the votes here. Okay, I do think that the I didn't vote for Professor X. I think I voted for John Krasinski. I think, um, but Professor X's voice was in the trailer, so I already knew mm. that it was happening. Which uh, shouldn't dock points, but it's my vote, so that's how I'm doing it. Um, with a very even spread, uh, 29% of the votes went to Patrick Stewart as Professor Mm. Charles Xavier, um, followed by 25.8% going to Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, followed by John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic at 16.1%, and a three-way tie at 9.7% for... Pizza Papa, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Brett Goldstein as Hercules. Hmm. I would have probably put uh, Pizza Papa next. Yeah, I thought I really thought people loved Pizza Papa. 
Um, that seems to be what the internet... Kind of wild that movie didn't make a billion dollars, but I guess that's because it wasn't shown in China. That really hurt the score. Um, I loved it. It really rules. Agreed. Um, very, very good Marvel. Um, best non-MCU movie. We have Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Lightyear, Glass Onion, and Babylon. I think... It's between the first two, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Top Gun Maverick. Because people did really like that movie. And the thing is, so many people went to see it. I feel like even if people didn't watch any of these other ones. But at the same time, I think our audience does trend a little filmy. So I think they are going to like Everything sure. all Everywhere All at Once if they saw it. Well, it also got 12 Oscar nominations. So I think even if you're not... A filmy, you're gonna enjoy that movie. Well, like but like it's... even people that you know that are on the Academy are movie people. Like that's why I got all those. Barely. <laughs> Have you seen what they vote for? They are barely movie people. But I'm gonna go with that, and then both is my pick, or is it my pick? I don't know. Babylon's also close for my pick. But I don't know. Did Maverick. you vote before you watched Babylon? Oh, well, that's true. I must have voted for everything everywhere else at once because I voted before. Yeah. Anyway, that's my pick for both. Okay. Uh, with 41.9% of the votes, it is everything everywhere all at once. Followed by Top Gun Maverick with 29%. Uh, followed by Glass Onion with 12.9%. Followed by or sorry, Babylon with 9.7%, and then Lightyear with 6.5%. Wow, people voted for Lightyear. People, it got It votes. wasn't no one's people favorite. People turned up. It was not no one's favorite. But I could also see some fan not watching any movies except Pixar, right. and they're like, let's vote for the Pixar the one I one. saw. Or I know that character. I've seen Toy Story. I've seen none of these movies, but I've seen Toy Story, so I'm going to vote for Lightyear. That's my guess. Um, best song. You know, it's funny that we didn't even put Avatar on there. We probably should have. Uh, that's true. We should have because we did talk about it, but you didn't watch no. it. No, but I, I'm curious how and many I, of the au- people in the audience would have voted for uh, if they had the option. No, because cause you just took a shit on them, and if that one, I would have taken a <laughs> shit on them. And we don't both need to be shitting on the audience. There are fans. We love them. Oh, absolutely, we do. Even if they them. think All that million. screaming goats are funny. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay, best song, November Rain by Guns N' Roses, Lift Me Up by Rihanna, Fairy Tale in New York by The Pogues, or I Don't Know What Christmas Is, But Christmas Time Is Here by The Old 97s. So this may surprise you, but I voted for that last one. Uh, I don't think that surprises really? me. Really? Because I, I mean, I just, I mean, I did say I really liked the movie in that special. I just thought that my overall negativity toward it would have made you think that I didn't. No, well, that, that song is the best part of yeah, the special. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And it's also the best Christmas song that's maybe ever been written. <laughs> uh, pretty damn close. Uh, um, yeah, it's great. It's, it's very, very good. Uh, that was my vote for sure. But at the audience pick, what was the first song again? Um, it was November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Lift Me Up by Nirvana, Fairy Tale. I think people lift me up by Rihanna. (laughs) Went with November Rain. I do disagree with them, but I think they might have gone with that. All right. Well, this was a close one. With thirty-four percent of the votes, we have 
I don't know what Christmas is, wow. but Christmas time is here. With 33% of the votes, we have November Dang. Rain. Very, very close. Uh, with 23% of the votes, we have Lift Me Up by Rihanna. Hmm. And with 10%, we have Fairy Tale in New York. Which, weirdly enough, if you were to show this poll to me and Jordan a year ago without having heard the last song, we would have been baffled by the results. Yeah. Because Fairy Tale in New York was our favorite Christmas song before the old 97s came back and saved Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm surprised November also, Rain like, didn't edge it out, though, just because that is so many people cite that as, like, a, I don't know, one of Guns N' Roses' best songs. But And also... One of the best parts of the movie is the fact that they used, like, the second solo from November Rain for that huge fight sequence at right. the end. That's one of its huge strengths. Uh, very, very cool. Um, yeah, it was close. But, hey, the original Christmas song by the old 97s stole it. Um, which, good for them, because that song... Rules. That was the result I hoped for, but the one I did not trust our audience with. <laughs> Well, you really are not trusting. No, I'm a real today. villain. I mean, I've always been the villain of the show. I'm the Marvel sucks. That's true. You are Marv L sucks. Um. All right. Best moment. Know that they'll be loved from Multiverse of Madness. The Doctor Strange classical music battle from Multiverse of Madness. This again, I wanted to give every moment to Multiverse of Madness, but I could not. Uh, in just conscience. Uh, She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall. Uh, My name is Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa from Wakanda Forever. Werewolf transformation from Werewolf by Night. And the shadow planet fight from Love and Thunder. This is tough. Um, I mean, I I know I voted... a lot of good moments. I know I voted for classical musical battle, but don't know if I think audience did. But I'm going to go with it because... Who knows? Fingers okay. crossed. I don't um, suspect. I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical that that's going to be it, but I hope. 35.5% of the votes went to Doctor Strange Classical hey. Music Battle from Multiverse of Madness. Wow. The audience won you back. <laughs> I'm starting to like you guys. <laughs> um, second place with 19.4% is Werewolf Transformation. Really? Uh yeah, pretty shocking, right? <laughs> I did not expect. <laughs> I did not either. Uh, 16.1% is My Name is Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. Um, 12.9% is Know That They'll Be Loved. Uh, 9.7% is The Shadow Planet Fight. And She-Hulk Breaking the Fourth Wall is 6.5%. Hmm. See, that was maybe my second favorite um, moment. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that one, that was a very even spread. And again, I wanted to put all of the moments from Multiverse of Madness, but I could not. Uh, okay, back to our, this is our final three categories. The three most important ones. It all comes down to this. Yes. Let's see if the fans give us the answers we want to (laughs) hear. Um, best TV show or special Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Werewolf by Night, or the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special? Huh. This is so tough. 
I feel like Moon Knight, a lot of people really liked. But except you, I also think that the Christmas special would be easy to sit down and watch. So for people that didn't watch every one of these, a lot of them might have watched that and then voted for it because they're like, hey, it's Christmas. And that was pleasant. That's um, true. Much like Hawkeye. similar to Werewolf by Night is it's also just like not that much of a commitment. It's kind of easy to sit down and do. I think my favorite of yeah. these. I don't know. I can't remember what I voted for. I like She-Hulk a lot, but it has that middle part. I like yeah. Miss Marvel a lot, but it also has a middle part that I don't like that much. <laughs> you don't like Moon Knight at all. I don't like all. Moon Knight at all. I think I probably <laughs> voted for Miss Marvel. Um, and I'll stick with that. Interesting. Here. But I think the audience, I don't know. I'm going to go with. You voted for Miss Marvel over She-Hulk? It's very close, but I didn't like the middle of either of them and the middle. Yeah, but the highs of She-Hulk are better than the highs yeah, of Miss Marvel. I could be wrong, too. I don't, I don't have my votes in front of me. <laughs> oh, should have written them down on your chalkboard. But both of those shows I really like. I would be happy okay. for one of those so, to win it, but I think maybe it'll be the Christmas special. Just also the time the poll okay. went out. Uh, poll went out like the end of January. I know, but still, that was the most recent thing. I yeah, sure. I guess it's fresh on everyone's yeah. minds, and not everyone rewatches them constantly like me. Um, with thirty-two point three percent of the votes, it is Moon Knight. Yeah, in first okay. place. <laughs> I get it. It was the Jordan is. It frowning. was the coolest of the shows. Uh, definitely cool. Yeah. I, I think it's easily the coolest. I just don't like <laughs> cool things because I am a yeah. nerd. <laughs> uh, proper nerd. Um, and then tied both with 22.6% of the votes is Werewolf by Night and the Holiday Special. Ah, so I wasn't too far off. Tied for second place. If only they could have, could have joined their votes, they would have yeah. won. But they split the, the audience. They split the room. Um, followed by She-Hulk with 19.4% of votes, followed by Miss Marvel with a fraction too small to see. But it would be something like 5%, mm. I think. Well, it's probably um, in there. Yeah, that's just... She-Hulk's really gotten shit on this whole survey, and I really wanted it to thrive, but everyone loves Moon Knight, and they don't realize how great She-Hulk yeah. is. <sighs> but that's the world. That's not just our fans. All right, so what what two Ugh. do we have left? She-Hulk's so good. We have Best Picture. Okay. Best Picture is... And we have Best Podcast Host, but that's always <laughs> last. <laughs> um, best Picture, we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hmm. I'm pretty sure both of us voted for the same Multiverse thing. of Madness, naturally. It has to be. It's it's the the goat. But who do I think the audience voted for? I mean, they did really like their favorite moment was from Multiverse of Madness. But their favorite comedic relief was from Love and it's Thunder. There's no way it's Love and Thunder. <laughs> I think the only wouldn't the, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I could. I, I think it's going to be Multiverse of Madness. Okay, going with your gut and your vote. Um, with 45.2% of the votes, it is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, followed by 
percent of votes going to Black Panther, followed by sixteen point one percent going to Love and Thunder. I think that's a good spread. I, I I like that order. Yeah, that's pretty much how I would delegate my love for these movies. Yes, if I had a hundred like that hundred love points to give, hundred percent of love. <laughs> yes, a hundred love points. That's where I would delegate them. That's which you know the audience really like that. The most important category uh, imitates the audience's passion. So I, our passion mm-hmm. from the audience uh, perspective. So I think that works very well. Now for the most in the true most important category, we have the annual best podcast host competition. I think this award will Jordan <laughs> win it for the first this time. This award will he walk away with the award dozen? show presentation that we have just set through and. Yes. performed ostensibly uh yes has shown why i will yet again lose this award uh, the, the screaming so, goats fans are not jordan fans <laughs> uh that's fair um i all right so let's just do like a quick flashback to the previous years uh 2020 is the first no it doesies um i won best podcast host. Uh, and then we took a year off for um, COVID because they weren't making any mm-hmm. content. Uh, and then 2021, I won the best podcast mm-hmm. host. And now everyone's caught up. I have won twice. And Jordan remembers. And you'd think if our uh, audience was sympathetic, <laughs> generous <laughs> folks. Uh, yeah, we'll see. They um, throw me a bone right. here, but gosh. I doubt it. Best podcast host of 2022 is Cade Weiberg with 80.6% of the votes. You imbeciles. You (laughs) you rubes. You ingrates. (laughs) Well, you got 19.4, so that's uh, you're well on your way. One of these years, I'm going to win. One of these days, you'll do it. Um, <laughs> I would like uh, my Duzzy in the mail, please. Yeah, you know, it's on its way. Maybe, well, yeah, and I also I would like to meet the Scarlet Witch, so maybe, like, we should both meet you at your house at the mm, same time. Not sure if that can work. Probably two separate Oh, trips. come on. No, no, <laughs> come on. Uh, if you do this, I'll vote for you next year. I don't need your votes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can't hurt. Um, well, that was the annual Marvel Sucks versus No It Doesies. Looking forward to next year, as always. Um, and, yeah, thanks for voting, everyone. This is the biggest voter turnout. I think next year we'll have an even bigger turnout. That seems to be the way it's trending. Uh, so, yeah, this has been really great. Yep. Another one in the bag. Oh. Another one in the bag. And stay tuned. We will have a Quantumania episode coming at you uh, within the next week. Exciting stuff. Yeah. I will be watching it in a mere 13 hours. Will we be seeing next year's Best Picture winner? Yeah. Within a week. Well, there's Guardians 3 and there's the Marvels and there's this. This, hey, it could be possible. What do you think... What do you think this far out? Like, what do you think your best picture will be? Guardians 3? Really hard to say. Because Guardians 2 was yeah. a little bit of a 
but like that happens a lot in sequels that the second one's kind of like uh we just yeah. needed more here so except the last jedi yeah there's also notable exceptions i also like the middle pirates of the caribbean the most so but at the same time that that series is not much of a um it's not like they were telling a three-part story it was just kind of they were not they were telling a five-part story and the last two parts were bad <laughs> Anyway, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm optimistic about Quantumania. I am too. Um, some early review I read. Oh, that's the reviews are probably out now. Should we do a live Let's reading? Why not? Right this now? It's a rotten, long one. Rotten. It is. Yes. Rotten Tomatoes. Quantumania. Oh boy. If it's low, I'm going to be upset. Uh, it is. Oh, it's not out yet. <laughs> wow. That's a shame. Wow, how anticlimactic. <laughs> Let's see if there's a letterbox review. Just to... Because uh, the early reviews I saw, usually they come out Tuesday. Oh, okay. It's got three and a half on Letterboxd. Mm. Which is very early. Very, very early. Um, okay, so just to put that in perspective, the first Ant-Man has a 3.3, and Ant-Man and the Wasp has a 3.1. Okay. And this currently... With, and those have hundreds of thousands of uh, rankings, and uh, this one has about a hundred. So it really could go anywhere. Yeah, no, I, it's hard to say like how you, how I would think the um, early voters skew, because I would think that there'd be some kind of, uh, I don't know. Some critics I think are jaded at the whole Marvel thing, but I also think some of the early it's, access yeah. people are sycophants. So hard to say. The well, the the Rotten Tomatoes people are definitely, they've stopped pulling their punches for these Marvel yeah. movies. Uh, and it seems like since post-Endgame, the movies have been very intentionally divisive. Like, Multiverse of Madness is not necessarily an everybody-loves-it crowd-pleaser, right. which, is, which is what movies should do. You should have a Babylon. You should make a movie that does polarize. Yeah. Um, which is why Multiverse of Madness rules. So when that came out, I think that had around a 3.5. And then movies like Wakanda Forever will start at like a 4 on Letterboxd. Like, it will be like, everyone who sees it early is like, this is great. Uh, And then people who watch it later are like, it's good, but is it great? And that's currently at a 3.7. But yeah. I don't know. So I, we I will see. It really doesn't really change how optimistic I am because I, I think I, I think, could like this more than the critics who've talked already. So yeah, I think I could enjoy it more than I. I think it's going to be my favorite Ant Man movie. God, I hope it's my favorite Ant Man movie because yes. I would. If it's not be... that, I will be disappointed. <laughs> if it's not my favorite Ant Man, I will. That is, it's a pretty oh low bar. God. I'm not asking for a ton. It's so yeah. low. Such a low bar. Please, God, just give me... And I think, honestly, I think it's... Because we got Jonathan Majors, like, if nothing else. And our buddy Corey Stoll from House of Cards will be returning as MODOK. Yeah. Well... Um, yeah, we're going to find out very soon. Uh, and we will have that episode live uh, within a week All right, well, so. I have been Jordan Peoples, and Marvel has sucked. <laughs> and so has our audience. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> i've been Cade weiberg we love our audience thank you for appointing me best podcast host three years running i'm so very he's happy a suck up. uh yeah no i you you guys really know where to ca- how to cast your votes those those laughing goat or screaming goats chef's kiss what cinema <laughs> uh 
Uh, Marvel doesn't suck. Good night, America.